Hi, this is Dr. Jim Bone. I hope you're doing well today. I want to talk about a subject that comes up a lot for leaders, and that is the issue of resistance to change. I hear a lot of leaders talk about the fact that they can't get their people to buy in and so forth, that people resist change. It's brought up again and again and again as a source of change failure. Thankfully, it's receiving a little bit of academic attention uh, because resistance to change isn't always a malicious attempt to derail an initiative. Resistance is far more complex than that. It's far more complex than people who say, I don't want to do this. Reality is, as executives, leaders, managers play a major role in managing resistance and understanding that working with natural human autonomy is far more effective than forcing people to act. Let me say that again, working with natural human autonomy is far more effective than forcing people to act. Number one, the heart of change resistance. Here's the heart of change resistance. We've all heard that well-worn phrase, winning hearts and minds. Uh, it's sort of a recommendation for managing change, but there's very little detail behind that. There's endless pages written about change management, but the nuts and bolts of why people resist are rarely examined in detail. Leaders may or may not want to address all these issues because some of them are quite frankly personal, but simply understanding these basic and in some cases legitimate reasons for resistance may be one of the best things leaders can grasp in their quest for change because the heart of change resistance often can be the leader themselves. Uh, leader perspective, for example, it's your job. I've heard this said by people in different workshops I've conducted. Leaders may simply believe that the unwritten contract between the organization and employees allows for pressure to make changes as needed. I pay you and therefore I make the rules. Okay. Agreed, but the social contract someone writes when they sign on uh, in an organization is built around a set of psychological assumptions. Psychological assumptions of job role, commitment. Um, when the rules change, people's lives change. And you'll hear them say, this isn't what I signed up for. I remember uh, being in a restaurant one time and watching a waitress on a very busy day. She was running around back and forth and literally puffing back and forth and uh, I said, how are you doing? She said, this isn't what I signed up for. It got very busy. It wasn't what she expected. <clears throat> for us in the corporate world, in a world driven by nonstop demands and constant social media interruption, people desire some sort of predictability to allow them to manage their lives. So when an organizational change comes around, it presents some new opportunities, but it also presents risk, risk to schedules, risk to families, risk to relationships with coworkers, Comfortable surroundings, there's a lot of things that happen uh, when you're introducing change. So here's the perspective of the people in the trenches. Bosses may just say, it's your job, do it. People in perspective say, in the trenches may say, it upsets the apple cart. People like and need predictability. They build their lives around a predictable pattern that allows them to do things they enjoy. And unpredictability creates fear right down to the neurological level. I'm not a neurologist or a medical doctor, but I can tell you that the neurology that I've read shows that there's fear that activates when change is introduced. Just think of being going down the freeway and all of a sudden you see some orange barrels. And the highway, uh, a roadway that you've been driving on all of a sudden has construction. It throws up all kinds of concern. 
What's so different than when change occurs? Research shows that the brain has to work harder with uncertainty. It causes a reaction. Uh, the novel situation that the brain finds itself in requires more effort, more energy to manage. The word stasis is a word that's used in biology to describe an ideal condition for human flourishing for a reason. People like stasis. They like order. They like homeostasis. You throw change in, all of a sudden, the apple card has been upset. A big effect uh, of any change is a fear of personal loss. People fear they're going to lose their jobs. Every time I've worked on a major change, that's the first question that arises. Will I still have a job when this change is complete? People could possibly change roles. Sometimes organal changes uh, introduce unpredictability in changing roles. People run the risk of losing positions they have striven to achieve. Organizational changes can throw all kinds of designs into chaos. So we, we wonder why people resist. Well, part of it's a fear of personal loss. It's a fear of uh, upsetting the apple cart. Thirdly, it's a concern about organizational discomfort. People may end up working for someone that they don't like. Many of you listening to this podcast realized you've been put into roles where all of a sudden you had a leader you just did not like. And a lot of research has been written on the importance of the direct manager or supervisor as key to employment happiness. Working for someone we don't like or someone who has a poor reputation causes us to be uneasy. So when the change takes place and we're tossed into this new bucket with a leader we don't like, uh, we start looking for other jobs. Sometimes people will be relocated. That's a part of organizational discomfort. Sometimes the relocation can be as simple as across the street, while other times it can be across the world. People's lives are impacted when a major change is underway. So you've got, number one, upsetting the apple cart of status quo. Number two, the fear of personal loss. Number three, concern about organizational discomfort. Number four, Organizational losses. When a change takes place, people are going to lose something they value. Friendships, location, office space. Some employee engagement surveys ask a question about whether people have a friend at work. There's a reason for that. People come to know others in a significant, sometimes personal and even emotional way. And they develop deep friendships that can be changed in an instant when there's, there's news of a change. There's a possible loss because of an organizational change. There's loss of organizational prestige. Uh, those who once had power, large teams, significant influence can lose their influence in a heartbeat. Their reactions are always one of loss, fear, sometimes bitterness and anger. The literature on organizational justice may not be common reading to most leaders, but perceived unfairness or injustice creates not only an unwilling staff, that can generate a lot of naysayers, those people that are interested in seeing the change fail. Let me say that again. People who feel a change is unjust are the ones that want to see it fail. So you've got the issue of upsetting the apple cart, fear of personal loss, concern about organizational discomfort, organizational losses. Also, number five, expenditure of effort and limited energy. People have to learn new things. Learning takes effort. Effort is costly in terms of cognitive expenditure and emotional investment. And while learning creates interesting and fun opportunities, it also creates demands on busy people who already have too much to do. People may have to expend much energy that they don't have to give. People are talking these days about work-life balance. Well, when you have a big change in organization, work-life balance goes out the window. <clears throat> people are already stressed out in their roles, the addition of yet more work. There are already busy schedules will cause them concern. So when you 
offer of a change. You wonder why that's happening. These are some of the things that are going on. Now, other things that leaders can do to manage that, some effective uh, communication and so forth I'll talk about in a minute. But the reality is, is that the additional adrenaline rush of yet more engagement in the organizational process of change, it causes people to be maxed out. And then finally, uh, there's a fear of discovery. <laughs> Strangely enough, people may be incompetent in their role, and it's conceivable in, that some new software system or a new series of processes may cause somebody to become outdated, causing them great alarm if they sense they will not be able to adjust to their new role. Sometimes people are uh, afraid of being discovered because they're doing something that's literally illegal, and I had a circumstance like that a while back. So what's the approach of an architect? That's why I call people leaders in these roles, change architects. What is it in managing change resistance? Don't be part of the resistance problem. Don't unnecessarily create resistance by forcing an action that could be chosen. Work with autonomy. Explain things to people. Give them the reasons why. Have a really good rationale for the change. It's true that all these issues I just raised are personal concerns and they'll require personal efforts on part of those who are changed. Leaders can't simply dismiss those things. You can't just walk away from that and say that's not a big deal. Acknowledging those things makes uh, goes a long way, a long way for people to say, oh, these people do care. They do care. A couple of, of the wrong approaches, don't say this, do this or you'll be fired. Don't say upper management insists that we do this. This is a weak leader's approach to getting people to comply. It's really dumb. Don't say just get on board. Please don't say you are not a team player. That's organizational extortion. And above all, don't say, why don't you get it? All that means is the person is an idiot. Those approaches don't work. So as I've mentioned, you and an executive team may be thinking about this change for months, maybe years, and then out of the blue, you announce this change. Remember that people are going to go through the things that I talked about above. They're going to have concern about upsetting the apple cart, the fear of personal loss, concern about organizational discomfort, organizational losses, expenditure of effort and energy, and fear of discovery. All those things are going to take place. So understanding those things, acknowledging those things, and helping people out, and actually sometimes just listening to naysayers who may have a point uh, is going to help you along the way. It's a foolish thing for us to say, uh, as leaders, that people at the lower levels of an organization should just do stuff. Because the disruption we cause in people's lives is a big deal. It doesn't mean that they don't need to do the change, but by just acknowledging those things and helping them through and working through the process, you're going to do a long way to adjusting for the change. Because my final rule on this, my law of change is, if you push, people shove. It'll never work. Now, this is Dr. Jen Bone signing off. Hope you have an outstanding day.